Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The prep postseason in football is set. Dez Bryant is back in the NFL. And Bryce Carver joins us to talk a little Hamilton Bronx football. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? It is Tutel Nuanas 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, across the great state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Wednesday. Hope you are well. Check it Tuesday. You know, it's so easy to get turned around. I've been working so very hard, Coulter. You know oh what I mean? God. I just get all blurs together. feel like I've done more than I've actually done. You thought it was done. Monday two hours ago. I, I, and if it was Wednesday now, I'd be on pace for a five-hour week, which is what my goal is. It's but, like uh, I just told the guys down at Tagliari. It is Tagliari Tuesday. The best part about the promotion? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> that it's happening ever so your right. joy oh. of seeing the sandwich oh. is so authentic because it's a true surprise. It's very, very exciting. This is this makes me so happy. So uh, we'll get into that. Top of the hour. Let's take a look at what we got in the show for this Tuesday, shall we? Uh, again, we, we 
talked a little bit of high school football really coming out of the weekend. We spent a lot of time on the cross-country state meet, but we really didn't get into actually the matchups that are now set, which is the entire postseason. We're ready to rock and roll the high school level. A lot of games, by the way, Saturday, so bear that in mind, right? A lot of these games happen on Saturday. I know not a ton of people going to them. There are more tickets for some of these postseason games, it sounds like, but it's still sort of they're they're still being gifted or assigned, I guess is the way to talk about it. Uh, not as if you, you can just go up and buy a ticket. you got to be able to get one. But nonetheless, good to know when these games are, if you want to watch them, if you want to listen to them. So we'll get into some of that, the high school level. We will get into some NFL stuff, the matchups, and watching Rams-Bears yesterday. Colt, there's some stuff that uh, occurred to you when you talk about why – certain teams look good in certain days and not on other days and there's a lot that goes into it and we Mm -hmm. talk about matchups all the time but I think one was clearly on display yesterday that made that game go the way that it did in the favor of the Rams so we get into that we also top of the hour it's Tuesday we do a our our, uh, opportunity bank coaches corner this week Bryce Carver, the head coach of the Hamilton Bronx, friend of the show, Hamilton 9-0 and this year. They are the number one team in Class A, uh, have been absolutely outstanding, doing it a little bit different than they've done it in years past. You know, they've been uh, a team that's gone big time through the air, and they're still throwing the ball around quite a bit. They got a two-headed, really, monster running back down there in Hamilton. They've been rolling on the ground this season offensively. And again, our, uh, a, the uh, number one team in Class A hosting Sydney. We will get into that matchup uh, as well. And then, of course, Game 6 of the World Series. Potential clincher to the Dodgers. Can they finally break through first time since 1988? And especially in this latest run with the with the with not just the payroll, but I mean the payroll that has resulted in the in the uh, lineup that they have had. Obviously the pitching staff, the bullpen. I mean they're loaded everywhere you look. The Dodgers, can they get it done in game six tonight? Finally an opportunity on the brink to win the whole thing. So we will get into uh, that uh, that matchup in the uh, the pitching matchup in particular, which I'm very excited about to see Blake Snell back out there, and then Tony Gonsolin, who is he's starting. But again, this is really setting up to be like a bullpen game for the Dodgers here in Game Six. So there you go. That is the show today. If you want to call, feel free three six one three six eight eight. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. You can also go ahead and listen live on the World Wide Web one zero two nine ESPN dot com. You stream the show there on the Listen Live tab, the stream available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. What's up, bud? Let's start with what people don't want to hear about and talk about this exact moment. Missoula County Health Department. The things, the, 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 the stuff you don't want, but you need to know. You need to know. Yeah. Missoula County Health Department came down with uh, some new orders to deal with the recent surge in COVID-19 cases around the county, the city, Western Montana, or whatever you want to call it. And in terms of how this, we, you can go look up all this stuff. The major news outlets, including ABC, Fox, SABX, Montana, they reported on it. But from a sports perspective, one thing that's worth noting is that public health officials have said that high school sports are still a go in upcoming days and weeks. But the county will be monitoring spectator limits. Got into that a little bit with Bryce Carver. Hamilton football coach who joins us on our coach's corner next hour. He talked a little bit about that. It said it's pretty much status quo, but they just have to be strict about it. And I think everybody's done a pretty good job following the rules. And that remains the same uh, in Missoula County. So it basically just comes down to each county, county by county. Right. And so in terms of where we're at here in Missoula, West Montana, Ravalli County, those things, everything seems like it's going to be exactly how it has been. I don't know what the status is going to be for other counties around the state. 
But when it comes to the state football playoffs at the double-A level, the double-A towns, the seven quote-unquote metropolitan areas in Montana, those are the ones that are going to have the largest variance because as we know, this pandemic has been different in Missoula County compared to Lewis and Clark County where Helena's at, compared to Gallatin County where Bozeman's at, compared to Yellowstone County where uh, the building schools are located. But the host schools for the AA playoffs, you got Butte hosting Helena Capital on Friday night. By the way, all the games at the AA level are Friday night, all 7 o'clock are, yep, kickoff. Yep, yep. So, so there's four, four first for round AA games. games there, those are not going to be played on Saturday. They're all Friday games. Yep, for, so for four, four first round games. One will be in Butte. So I haven't heard anything about a Silver Bowl County, but that seems like that's a place that's been relatively, I mean, steady's the wrong word, but it hasn't had these crazy spikes like the two college town communities have had. Part of this is from school being back in session, you have to think. But Butte hosts Helena Capital Friday night. Bozeman hosts at Great Falls CMR. There has been uh, more spikes in Gallatin County than probably anywhere besides Yellowstone County. The one good part is that there is no games scheduled to be in Billings. Uh, Billings Skyview, they travel to Great Falls. Great Falls High, that is. And Billings Senior, Billings West, they have buys. So that's good uh, in terms of w- what's going to happen this specific weekend. Yeah. And then you got this little big sky going to Kalispell Glacier. So uh, I think that it'll be just as whatever the regulations were. If you're a fan or a, you know, a parent or whatever, just look up what the regulations have been under both the MHSA and then those specific county rules, and they maintain the same. There's no real changes. What was changed today was basically uh, involving business operation downtown, late night, things like that. So mm-hmm. in terms of sports, it seems like everything is a go as of right now. Well, let's talk about the sports because you did you laid out here what the what the the matchups are, but again, Butte Helena Capital, Bozeman CMR, Great Falls High versus Billing Skyview, and then Kalispell Glacier versus Big Sky. Normally, I, the new normally, and this is not the bad new normally, the n- normal new normally. How are we doing here? Am I, am, I, am I getting this right? I don't know. Uh, anyway, everybody everybody goes to the playoffs now, but not this year. In Class AA, we're up to 16 teams, but only 12 mm. are going to the postseason. So four teams are receiving a first-round bye. So the winner of Butte Capital will play Billings West, the number one team out of the East. The winner of Bozeman and Great Falls CMR, they will play Helena, the number two team out of the West in the second round. The winner of Great Falls and Billings Skyview will take on Sentinel, who uh, obviously has the week off. And then Kalispell Glacier and Big Sky, the winner of that game, will play Billings Senior. So those are the uh, the matchups with Senior and West, as you mentioned, Missoula Sentinel and Helena High, the four top seeds, two from the East, two from the West, uh, that receive a bye in this first round will not play until next week uh, in uh, in the second round game. And then you'll be into your what will be a quarterfinal matchup as you go down the list there. So some good matchups there. Early returns here, Colt. They're Butte-Helena Capital. I think Butte's a slight favorite in that football game, right? No question. That's a good matchup, though, huh? It's going to be in the Ranchy Stadium. It's at Butte. This time of year, being in Butte is a bigger advantage than most places because Butte is a mile high. Mile high, mile deep, right? Like, that's the best saying in all of Montana. But the fact is that Butte has actually surged into the playoffs. They've been pretty good the last couple weeks. And uh, Helena Capital's been a little bit up and down. Um Bozeman CMR, the CMR's CMR's down, so I think the Bozeman's going to be a strong favorite in that game. That's where I'm looking at this bracket is 
the Kalispell Glacier Bozeman games. In this double A field, we've had a whole bunch of I should say a whole bunch of we have we've had half a dozen really good teams and then a bunch of other teams that have just all kind of been the same, just depending on who shows up that night. Yeah. I actually think Missoula Big Sky is the team with the higher ceiling than any of those other non top six. And they teams. take on Kalispell Glacier and they played Kalispell Glacier uh, uh, pretty well in their first matchup, though it ended up being a loss. But a couple late turnovers by Big Sky kind of sealed their fate. Obviously, Big Sky would have to play, uh, you know, a, a, a nearly perfect game. At least, certainly a perfect game when you talk about turnovers and things of that nature. Sure. You probably get a, you, you probably need to get a couple extra possessions over over the Wolfpack in order to take them down in an upset. But you know, it's certainly a, a game to keep your eye on. And Glacier are going to be favored there in Great Falls High versus Billing Skyview. Probably like the Bison in this one. Absolutely, yeah, huge favor for Great Falls High. And so that's what I'm getting at then, as I think that the host teams in this first round, Butte, Bozeman, and Great Falls, will all, all get by without m- much resistance. The one first-round game worth analyzing, though, is Kalispell Glacier, because Glacier's had a good season. Missoula Big Sky bookended their year with wins, opening with against Hellgate, closing uh, the, this last week against Kalispell Flathead. Big Sky's biggest issue is just their numbers. It's the amount of guys that they have out for football. Right. Matt Johnson told us he's only playing about 15 guys right now, and they actually had a kid that got hurt and probably is going to be out for this game, so that's 14 guys. Not a lot of depth, but they actually gave Sentinel the best game that Sentinel's had in the last six weeks. They ended right. up losing 42-7, to but they still... We're in it. I mean, it was it was what fourteen to seven at half at half fourteen nothing. But yeah, it was it was it was. And then they, I think they cut it to fourteen seven in the third early, quarter. Yeah. So they 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 were hanging there. And against Glacier, they were going back and forth with the Wolfpack. If they were to turn the ball over early, they forced two turnovers and then proceeded to turn the ball over themselves. It was kind of a turnover flurry. But Glacier is a different. Looks different than most Glacier teams. Grady Bennett has done a great job as a former Grizz quarterback himself of cultivating and and developing talent at the quarterback position, they often throw the ball more often than anybody in the state, or as much as anybody in the state, you should say. And J.T. Allen, their quarterback, is a good player, but he's not as good as like a Brady McChesney who went on to play at Montana State or Sage Smith-McCon who went on to play and even start for a season for Montana. Um, That said, they have the best pure running back in the state, but who's the only team in this first round and maybe the only team in Class AA period that can offset the power and the ability to control the ball like Glacier has with Jake Randina? It's Missoula Big Sky with Coulter Janicaro. So how do they get Coulter Janicaro rolling? That's what it's going to take. To me, this game is... Big Sky's going to show up. They're going to be tough because they always are. They'll have a plan to slow down Rendina. Can they put the ball in JT Allen's hands and then can they make him make mistakes? But then if he does make mistakes, can they take care of the ball themselves? That's going to be the key for the Eagles. I think it all comes down to ball control. But when you look at who's likely going to move on, I think that of the four teams that got buys, you're talking about Billings West team that thrashed Butte earlier this year, if that's who they get. And then you're talking about the rest of the matchups are going to be new because everything else is just a crossover, right? But the Bozeman Helena High matchup in the quarterfinals could be a really intriguing that would be, one. That would be a great game, right? That would be if that came to be. That would be kind of the highlight circle game of that of that quarterfinal round. And then whoever Missoula Sentinel gets, I mean, I don't think Great Falls High or Billings Scavy will give much resistance whatsoever there. But um, 
The winner of the Glacier Big Sky game against Senior, that could be a good game too. But it's that Bozeman Hill and High game yeah. that's potentially looming that could be good because there's been some circumstances here, right? I think we could definitively say that Missoula Sentinel is the number one team in the state. Billings West is the number two team in the state. And I think that you got to say at this point, Billings Senior is the number three team pretty definitively. But four or five and six are still up for grabs comp- when you compare Glacier, Bozeman, and Helena. Who knows where Bozeman would be if they didn't play senior without Kenneth Hyden? Who knows where Helena High would be if they didn't play three quarters of the game against Missoula Sentinel without Caden Hewitt, their star quarterback? Sentinel would probably would have handled them anyways, but that was a huge injury, a huge impact. And Helena High, they didn't have Hewitt last week for Crosstown against Helena Capital either. So what's his status as well? There's a lot of stars in Class AA this year. Who is the most fresh? Who's the most healthy? Who's the most ready to lead their team? That's going to be a a, a huge storyline going into this playoffs. The Class A playoff also truncated just eight teams total in the entire state playoff. So we already just jump right into the quarterfinals uh, of this thing. Hamilton, the number one team in the state. Again, we'll hear more from their head coach, Bryce Carver, at the top of the hour. They host Sydney. God bless Sydney for driving across 650 miles of God's green earth to go, well, white earth as it turns out at this <laughs> yeah, point icy, in time. Icy tundra. Uh, to, uh, to play Hamilton. I mean, that's one where, I mean, what do you do? You get up at 5, 6 a.m. Friday, right, and start driving and try and get in, you know, in reasonable time Friday night and take a jog around the parking lot somewhere. See, and, I actually, actually want to track down track this down because I do think this is one of the most interesting parts of covering high school sports in Montana. I will not be surprised one bit if Sydney leaves on Thursday. Yeah. Well, or maybe even Wednesday. Because here's the thing, man. It, if it was if it was regular October the 27th or the 29th or whatever it might be when you leave, you know, especially early on in that trip, you can do 80, you know, 75 in the bus, whatever. Like, you can get going. Right now, no, man. Like, this, you know, 650 miles ain't the same 650. <laughs> right. You know, whether, it, whether it's January or whether it's June. And so, right now, it's January. And... Who knows what that drive is going to look like. Now, the highways that I've been on, the interstates here the last couple of days in western Montana, have actually been in pretty good shape for the most part. It's really the surface roads that got all kind of gnarly on us. But, yeah, I mean, you you may you may cut this thing in half and just make it a two-dayer on the way out just for the sake of the legs, you know, get out and run around it. And you got to have a place that you can – you don't even – I mean, maybe practice, but really just to get out and move. You know what I mean? And get get yourself right. So... Uh, that's that's a long haul for Sydney going to Hamilton, certainly. Laurel and Frenchtown is another great matchup. Frenchtown... Basically, as we pointed out yesterday, has been in playoff mode for a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost to two of the three best teams in the state and in great games overtime they took Dylan and and in a really good I think it's a one uh, possession game with Hamilton but nonetheless had two losses and when you talk about the the eight team nature of this playoff but they do get in Frenchtown I'm glad that they did because they've had a, a really great season I think a lot of people had maybe not a ton of expectation out of this team with the transfer of Jace Klusiewicz and yet here they show up and played a great great season and we're we're clearly the next best team in even, even in competition for being with those top two teams in the west side of the state in class A so they will take on Laurel Billings Central gets Columbia Falls and then a matchup which you might expect to see in a state championship type of game, Dylan sure. and Miles City, the other quarterfinal. So that's going to be a great first-round game. 
Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at this, because it's only an 18 bracket and you're already into the final eight, you're already into the quarterfinals, it means that the matchups are amongst the best teams in the state already. Yeah. I think Hamilton's a decided favorite over Sydney, not only because of the road trip, but just because the Bronx have been rolling and Sydney's been... I mean, Sydney's the only team in this field. Sydney and Columbia Falls are the only two teams that kind of fought their way in from the bottom side rather than rolling in. Yeah. So then you look at Laurel... Sydney's 4-3, by the way, on the, on the year if you're tracking this thing at home. Laurel's been solid, but they got licked by Billing Central recently, so can they rebound from that? Frenchtown, meanwhile... Backs against the wall early, and they haven't lost since. That's impressive. So I think they're probably the hottest team coming into this, except for Billing Central. Billing Central's been hot as well. But and they've had some decisive wins, including routing Miles City and, and handing the defending state champions their first loss in, in more than a year and a half. So yeah. Yeah, I think Billing Central is on a mission, too. And then, like you mentioned, Dylan Miles City, uh, that's a really good matchup as well. So we got some premier players in this thing, too, man. I mean, I think that Hamilton has multiple... Division one caliber guys, Sydney, they always have their wrestling lineage. You have to think that one of those guys is going to go D1 in wrestling. Yeah. That's playing football, too. You know, Laurel has Eli Abbey, who's headed to the Bobcats. Frenchtown, I think that Tell Arthur and Duncan Richardson are yeah. both big sky caliber guys. I was looking at some stats earlier this week. Duncan Richardson right now, he has 97 total tackles as an interior defensive lineman. He's the number one interior defensive lineman, according to stats on max preps, which are not complete sure. from coast to coast, but they're pretty darn good at this day and age. That's the most tackles by an interior defensive lineman in the country. And that's an amazing number. He's had multiple multi-tackle games Duncan Richardson has, so he's anchoring it on the inside until Arthur is playing linebacker right behind him, and that makes Frenchtown pretty salty on defense. And then when they can run the ball like they have the last couple of weeks, Spearheaded by Tell Arthur, pretty impressive as well. Uh, but Central, Billing Central seems like a team that's on a mission. They, I mean, Coach Stanton does such a great job there. They have such rich tradition, and they hardly ever have a down year. You know, as a private school in the biggest metropolitan area in Montana, they almost always have several Division One guys. And I think that this team is on a redemption tour. You know, that, that's a group of guys that you know they experienced one of their first kind of down years in football. They had a couple different, you know, losing in the state championship game in hoops and then having this last one called off and not getting a chance to have retribution there. I think that the central, that, that group of guys is really hungry to have a break, breakthrough. So they're a team to watch in this thing. And then you talk about Dylan. I mean, Jason Fitzgerald has gotten a ton of headlines and justifiably so. I mean, he's been a one-man scoring machine for Dylan. He's got multiple games with five, six total touchdowns. They're doing all sorts of stuff with him, lining him up at quarterback, running back. And he's playing linebacker as well. So a lot of talented players and some talented teams, too. I think in this first round, there's only a, two matchups where I'd say definitive favorites, Hamilton and Billing Central. Right. Laurel Frenchtown could be a straight war, and so could Dylan Miles City. So uh, we'll see who comes ready to play. Well, you as you mentioned, too, and I, I want to just touch on this before we go into Class B, but the when you talk about Frenchtown, they are a team – that has been rolling. They've won, I think, four or five in a row. But they've been really competitive games. It's not as if they've just been blowing teams out. I mean, they've they had a shootout with Polson. Uh, they got a you know a, a nice win over Big Fork. So this is a team that has been playing really well. 
been playing well enough to win, but also, you know, the, the streak that they're on is a winning streak, not necessarily just a, a, a streak where they're just out out there manhandling everybody. And maybe that's exactly what you want when you go into uh, the postseason. As we jump into Class B, Coulter, a couple area teams on the west side of the state, uh, both getting in. Loyola, they are going to take on Fairfield in the first round. Again, 16 teams in the Class B brackets. We're not going to go through all of these with you, but uh, uh, Missoula Loyola will take on Fairfield. And then Florence Carlton, who probably the breakout team uh, in the state at the Class B level. They're the number two, maybe, team in the state right now. They're taking on Conrad in their first-round game. Perhaps the most compelling first-round matchup is that Red Lodge versus Columbus matchup because those two teams, they combined for 110 points in Week 2 in their first matchup. When they played each other, yeah. Yeah, when they played each other. Um, but, you know, Manhattan, the top seed, they're playing Colstrip. That's going to be uh, – Colstrip's always tough. I thought that Bryce Carver made a good – point in our interview with him earlier you know he said a lot of times these small towns you look at their wrestling program if you want to know if they have good toughness in the football program yeah and that's always going to be true for schools like sydney schools like cole strip but uh loyola sort of an anomaly getting in hardly playing any games this year they get a couple forfeits and they're into the playoffs so good for todd hughes's team but florence carlton to me that bottom side of the bracket i think that's a really good draw for the falcons because you're talking about being on the opposite side from Eureka, Red Lodge, Manhattan, even Big Fork. And so now you have a chance to get a few playoff games under your belt. I mean, I know Florence won a playoff game a couple years, I think two years back. That was their first playoff win in quite some time. And Pat Duchesne's done a great job of, of rebuilding that thing and getting Florence Carlton rolling. But uh, playoff experience can only come with playoff experience. Now they have a chance where they're a heavily favored team playing at home against Conrad. And then they get to play an opponent in round two, either Townsend or Huntley Project, which seems like they could take care of business there too. And I, I just think that they have a great draw in terms of when they might play some of the other premier teams. It might not be for a while. So then all of a sudden, now you have two, three playoff games under your belt. You're red hot. And then you say, bring it on. We'll play Manhattan. We'll play Eureka. And they've already dispatched of Eureka. And I guarantee they want another shot at Manhattan after going to overtime and only losing by a single score. So I think Florence Carlton, you can't call them a dark horse at this point. They're number three team in the state. But I do think that they have a chance to really make some noise in this Class B bracket. Uh, wanted to mention both for Class A and Class B, all of these games, Halloween, Saturday, high noon kickoff. The only one that I am looking at that doesn't have that definitively is the Dillon Miles City game. I don't know if there's maybe a time where, uh, you know, in terms of during the day that that isn't there. But uh, unless otherwise noted class a all the way down being played saturday okay at a, at noon a couple of games at one o'clock uh kickoff class in in, in in like the eight man for instance the park city game is being played uh at uh, at one o'clock rather than noon but basically all these games at noon always thought it was great i've, I've mentioned this before maybe even going back to last year but you know dylan the the high school uh team there obviously has a huge following and then you got montana western who's you know, Pioneer League team and uh, Frontier, Frontier, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you're my baseball and the football and you get all turn around. But the Frontier League team, NAI school, and and has had uh, some really good teams there. There was a playoff game. You know, so you play Friday night and then uh, you get the college game then on Saturday. Same stadium, though. They play on the same field. Well, you get the playoffs for high school and there was a game scheduled the same day. Guess who gets bumped? Montana Western. They're playing the night game, which is nice. You could play on the, under the lights and stuff on a Saturday night. But they're playing that high school 
state playoff game at its normally scheduled time. Thank you very much over there in D- Dillon, Beaverhead County. So they're they're following that team very, very closely down there. Coulter, the Class C six-man, eight-man, are there any particular matchups that you had you know highlighted for us that you want to really kind of get into? Well, Fort Benton, who was a perennial Class B power, is mm-hmm. now playing Class C. And they play Mission St. Ignatius, which has been a really high-scoring team this year in the first round. So we'll see if Fort Benton can continue their dominance. They're number one in our Treasure State media poll that we participate in with KGEZ up in Kalispell. Uh, German Phillipsburg, Flint Creek, they seem like they're just on a mission. Cade Cutler, who's committed to Montana State, he's been out the last two weeks. I expect that they were keeping him out because they don't need him. <laughs> they, they've been rolling people. They've been. Yeah. I mean, he was playing limited reps anyways. A lot of the season. But Belt is who they're playing, and Belt always, again, the toughness factor, very high with Belt. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, Fort Benton and and Flint Creek seem to be like on a collision course in that Final Four in the semifinals. Uh, but Alberton Superior, you know, they have a definitive advantage because they have, they have been running this run-and-shoot style spread for quite a while. They throw it all over the place, and... A lot of times when you play teams from other parts of the state, they are not accustomed to that whatsoever. So we could see the Clark Fork co-op make another run. They've been they've had a lot of success in recent years. And then another Class B team that's now playing Class C, who's been one of the, the great breakout teams of this year, has been Thompson Falls. And at one point, they had a five-game winning streak where they were beating teams by an average of 50 points. I'd have to recheck the last couple of games to see if they maintained that average. But they were rolling people up as well. So the Blue Hawks on the bottom side of the bracket, they could be a team that could make a run as well. So, I mean, as far as the teams to watch, I think the the teams that have impressed me with their scores and their premier players so far this year have been Fort Benton, Flint Creek, Clark Fork, and Thompson Falls. I think all four of those teams could end up in the state semifinals if they stay hot. On the other side, we always talk about matchups as being important, but what does it amount to? I think we can highlight something. And also, how old is Des Bryant? We get it to NFL stuff right after this. Hey, we live in this great state so we can enjoy it, right? And if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time, and that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. Visit online blackbookkeepingllc.com, blackbookkeepingllc.com, and schedule your free consultation today. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. What do we mean when we talk about matchups in general, or maybe more specifically, 
last night. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate that. Excited to be with all of you at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles to participate in the show. Uh, Coulter, I got a trivia question for you. Okay. Okay. Love trivia. Um, after being out of the league for two coming up on three years, Des Bryant was signed okay. to the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. Okay. How old is Des Bryant? I would say Des Bryant is my age. I'd say he's either 32 or 33. You're closer than I thought. I was going to go 34, 35, 31. Okay. Um, That's accurate. That, I don't understand why guys all of a sudden fall out of favor and just can't get a look anywhere. I mean, Des Bryant. No, not when they've been producing at a really high level for a long time. And then all of a sudden, no, you're just, we're not going to have you anymore. Earl Thomas. What do they all have in okay. common? No play. They're, they get paid a lot. And they're malcontents. Not necessarily. If you are vocal and you become a story, no matter what your production level is, that is something that NFL teams shy away from. Watch what's about to happen in New England. We talked about it and we argued about it all throughout the summer. Why aren't teams bringing in Cam Newton? Because if there's ever a moment when Cam Newton isn't your starting quarterback, the story is, why isn't Cam Newton your starting quarterback? And it's going to happen in New England. No, just watch. no, 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 no. That's not, that's not the conversation we had. The conversation we had was, what if you bring Cam Newton into battle for a job that he doesn't get? Right. Now that he's gotten it and all of a sudden isn't playing well, if he gets benched, that goes away. The question is, what will Cam Newton's level of... Uh, acceptance of that move be if it happens, which, by the way, he received the full support of his head coach, at least this week. Well, he's actually honestly been ahead of it. He's been the one saying, I probably deserve to be uh, at least questioned. Exactly, exactly. So to be fair, also, Des Bryant turns 32 uh, next week. Okay, so he's he's almost 32. But he, I mean, for I know that the production dropped off the last year, basically, that he was in Dallas. And also, you know, Need a change of series, but out the league? Found that crazy. Anyway, uh, we wanted to talk, though, about matchups, Coulter, and last night what we saw on Monday Night Football. Two very good defenses. Um, it, For my money, I think it's kind of a coin flip, frankly, which defense is just better than the other. But we know which offense is worse than the other. Yeah, no doubt. In terms of the matchup last night. And I think a part of that's the guy that's calling the plays. Well... That that may well be. But you wanted to talk about your favorite thing in the world, the lines. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and specifically get into, you know, when we're talking about matchups, what are we talking about? And why could the Bears, who were 5-1 and one coming to this game, now 5-2, and two, and still a, a very viable football team, they're still obviously, you know, number two now in the NFC North, but in a, you know, it, they look like they are set to be uh, a real playoff contender, especially with the extended uh, seventh team making the playoffs and that. But when you talk about matchups, why one team all of a sudden just looks like they don't have it on a particular Sunday. Well, it might not just be that. And I guess what this comes down to is in a salary cap league, the way that you build your roster, it's, it's not as if, it's linear, right? You The best teams aren't just the best teams along each position group. A lot of times you was, uh, you invest a high amount of money 
to be really good in certain areas. And because of that, then you sacrifice being really bad in other areas. Some teams can mitigate, like the Buffalo Bills, for example. To me, the Bills don't have a single element of their team that's one of the top eight in the NFL, and they also don't have a single element of their team, which makes them bottom eight. So them getting exploited by a specific matchup is tough. Compare that to a team like the Bears, for example. The Bears are, I do think, have a top eight defense. Oh, no, there's no question. They certainly have a top five front seven, maybe a top three front seven. I think they have a top three front seven, and I'd say a top because, five or because six they, defense they, they have They have one of the three best edge guys in the league in Khalil Mack. They have one of the three best interior guys in the league in Akeem Hicks. And they have two uh, t- and maybe sometimes three outstanding other linebackers. That's Robert right. Quinn can be outstanding. Danny Trevathan can be pretty good. And Rokon Smith is going to be a star. Oh, he, I mean, he's a star of people that are watching him. No question. Right now. No yeah. question. And he's, you know, he's a top 10 pick, top seven pick. Yeah. So the Bears have this unit that's top five in the league, but that's also sacrificed for having a bottom 10 quarterback or multiple quarterbacks that make up one of the bottom 10 quarterback situations and certainly a bottom 10 and maybe even bottom five offensive line. So you're trading one for the other. So you have to mitigate your weaknesses. I'm trying to think of other examples of it. The Kansas City Chiefs are one of the only other teams that don't have like these glaring weaknesses, and they happen to be the defending Super Bowl champs because they don't have weaknesses, and what they have that's top of the league is elite, especially when it comes to their quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens are very similar, too. The Ravens are stacked all three levels of their defense. They're above average on their offensive line. They have a... a Above at well, I shouldn't say above average. They have a star at quarterback. They might be lacking a little bit in receiver, but it doesn't really matter because they don't throw the ball except for when they have to. But you look at then the Rams. The Rams are a star-based team. They built the thing around the dudes who are getting paid. So then you have to fill in the blanks. It's my biggest argument that the Rams not investing in their offensive line as much as they should have has helped them take a step back a little bit from when they went to the Super Bowl because they did invest money in Aaron Donald. You should. They did invest money in Jalen Ramsey. You should. They did invest money in Jared Goff. We'll see. That's the other thing that skews the mitigating of the strengths and weaknesses is if and when you have to pay your quarterback. Look at what the Seahawks used to be. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, they were way more solid across the board. Now, they're way more spectacular at certain positions, but also way weaker at other positions. But then that comes down to then when you're talking about not the top five teams in the league and not the bottom five teams in the league, so pretty much everybody, why sometimes do the Rams look so good like they did last night, and why sometimes do they play the Buffalo Bills and they have to completely scramble their butts off to end up losing by a single score when they were down by almost four touchdowns? And to me, it comes down to when the matchup kills you. How did the Bears beat the Bucks, the hottest team in the league, two weeks ago and then look like trash last night against the Rams? It's the matchup. The, the Bears, they simply, utterly could not block the Rams last night, and they make the Rams look like a Super Bowl contender. When, when the, the, the point, too, is, is like, there are moments where, you know, you talk about a bad matchup. If you have a top five front seven and top, I don't know, three D line like the Rams have, 
and you're going against a bottom five offensive line like what it seems like the Bears have, that's when it just becomes so obvious and everything else stalls out. It doesn't matter that you have Allen Robinson. It doesn't matter that David Montgomery can be a nice, you know, running back in spots. It doesn't even matter that Nick Foles might be, you know, a I don't know, an okay, okay quarterback. Yeah. Like none of it matters. He can't even, you know, step back and throw it. They gotta start moving guys around. Like Nick Foles can't just drop back. He's gotta start doing these pre-planned jog outs to one side of the field or the other, which eliminates half the field that you throw to. Like that's the thing. I think people wonder all the time, like, you know, drop back. You could move and create a whole bunch more time to throw the football. If you just roll the thing out. Well, yeah, that's true. But if you roll the thing out, what's the number one thing you can't do? That's throw back across your body, back across the field. And generally speaking, I mean, that's a huge, huge no-no. And the further you roll one way or the other, at whatever yard you go towards the sideline, that's another yard you're eliminating from where you can actually, you know, throw or you're supposed to be able to throw the football. And and so if you can't just drop back and throw it, I mean, you're, you're, you're killing a lot of things. Now, you can game plan some of that stuff, but it is unbelievable to watch what an, what a dominant defensive line against a bad offensive line. Even if you're okay, you can at least hold your water for long enough to get a few plays going. But but if you're not okay, it's over. I mean, watching Aaron Donald, I just watched Aaron Donald last night. Watching him Olay guys, mm-hmm. not here and there, every time. Every time. I mean, it's he's it's like there is no one standing in front of him. It's absolutely stunning as often as he bull rushes guys or picks them up and chucks them or whatever he actually has more plays per game where he literally doesn't get touched yes that's the part that's spectacular like when the bears had that goal line the bears are marching into the end zone (laughs) and matt Nagy thinks it's a good idea to run it in the middle of the line what are you doing but both chicago offensive linemen are laying on their faces. Yes. And it's not because Aaron Donald threw him on the ground. He's so good at hand fighting that he just won two and you fall. You you whiff. You're striking out trying to block the guy. Well, and, guys, and then he's just standing there. It's not like he's making a play from his knees. He's squared up in the hole ready to straight spear you because he hasn't even gotten knocked off the spot. The guys are, are, are shaking in their boots just lining up across from him and they want to explode off the line and get a push and he knows it's coming and it's just one body flinch. You got nowhere else. I mean, that's it. That's it. You get the beats. the sumo. It's sumo wrestling is what he's doing. That's why these guys that can get on the edge are so important playing quarterback. I was talking about this with a couple of loyal listeners earlier today, one of whom was from Oregon, and they were asking me, are you surprised by Justin Herbert? I said, no, not at all. I've been as high on Justin Herbert as anybody that talks about this stuff. And I was thinking while we were having this conversation, though, one of the great ironies of why Justin Herbert looks better right now in the NFL than at any other time he's ever looked is because the Chargers suck on the offensive line. Justin Herbert never had to get out on the edge in, at, at Oregon. He's running this system where if you make the right read, the guy's open. 70% of the throws he ever made was play action, throw it. He also had a better offensive line than what the Chargers got. I mean, three of those dudes were top 100 picks this last year, and the best one who won the Outland Trophy this last year, he's going to be a top 10, maybe even top 5 pick in this next NFL draft. So because Herbert was protected more, he didn't get to use what is perhaps his best skill. That's getting out on the edge. Like when He runs that bootleg to the right, and he's running towards the wide side of the field. He's got the ball cocked. I mean, that's a thing of beauty, man. He's one of of the best guys in the league at that. 
Uh, we got this in on the text line yesterday. Mm-hmm. 361-3688 if you want to text in. Herbert? Yep. Or Burrow? Man, this is what they were doing on Around the Horn earlier today. Is that right? I mean, I think that the, it's not it's not close. It's Burrow, but that's because I am as, as impressed with Joe Burrow as a young quarterback as anybody I've seen since who? I mean, yeah. name him. I can't remember the last number one overall pick as a quarterback who was this impressive this early. Yeah, and especially and considering all the deficiencies that they have. Exactly, man. Like I you don't could know. see flashes of what Peyton Manning was going to yeah. become. You could see flashes of what Matt Stafford was going to become. Mm-hmm. Even Sam Bradford looked pretty good at times as the number one overall guy. Nobody looked like Burrow, and nobody had as a bad of an offensive line as Burrow either. That was, that's what makes it even more impressive. Yeah. He does um, have a lot of good weapons, though. He does, and and that's the thing. I mean, you talk about the payoff. I mean, a lot of the plays that he's making, he's certainly making, but he's got dudes that are helping him make plays on the other on the receiving end of that stuff. That said, they're having to make those plays in a dang hurry, and he's getting smoked for it because they're a sieve. So, you know, it's what it is. One quick thing just relating this to the Big Sky Conference, specifically mm-hmm. Montana, Montana State, you mm-hmm. said when we talk about matchups, who, who are the best and, and and worst matchups for these two teams. To me, the worst matchup for Montana State might be Weber State because of what they are on the off on the defensive line. Excuse me, they can go toe to toe with and, the running game, and it's a bummer because I, I do think that the bloodbath that would ensue between these two teams would be so great. But Montana State, the last two times they played Weber State was Jeff Choate's first two years, and they weren't very good. Yeah. Now they are good. Oh, it'd be a great. It would but be we haven't great got to game. see it the oh, last be such two a, years. It would be such a great game. But the team, and I mean, it's easy to say because they won, but the the matchup of Sacramento State last year with that team as they were constructed, who were great defensively mm-hmm. with a dominant player on the defensive line, yep. mixed with a, a great passing attack yep. offensively, not just like a, that's not, a bad matchup for Montana Not State. just a great passing attack, but a, a attack that gets the ball out quick on the edge, too. This is exactly what we were talking about. How do you negate the edge players that Montana State had a year ago, Bryce Dirk, Troy Anderson? You bootleg and get the ball out quick. That's what Sac State does. Like, mm-hmm. Troy Taylor's offense is so brilliant at that backside pick play, yeah. throw the guy open. It's just easy money. They were so efficient last year. Sac State was against Montana State, moving the ball up and down the field. They never let the Cats play their ball control game because they didn't need to. They just scored like the first five possessions that they had in that game. The worst matchup for the Grizzlies? The Cats. Pretty obvious, right? It's the Cats. I mean, it, I was going to say any team that runs a triple option, and I'm not even speaking historically, but when they run that five high shell, I mean, you get a lot of speed. You have a lot of versatility on what you can do. You can disguise a ton of stuff on, on, on different uh, uh, both coverages and blitzes and, and all kinds of stuff. But when it's just line it up and run it, you got problems. And Montana has shown that they have really struggled against teams that, that that's what they do and they're not even trying to disguise what it is that they're doing. Montana State, I must say, does disguise their runs a ton. I mean, in For terms sure. of where they're going, I mean, it's, it's not a triple option. To. It's a sextuplet option or whatever, you know, when they bouncing, bouncing gaps and doing all the things that they do. Uh, but it's a terrible matchup for Montana and what they do defensively just in general. I think the Grizzlies are going to struggle to stop that run for a long time. Well, and that's why you got to have you got to know the nuances of the different styles of run games. Montana's aggressive downhill, the two inside linebackers play gap to gap. Broadly, I think a lot of fans say, "Okay, 
schools like North Dakota, I know it's not in the Big Sky Conference anymore, but they run a lot of pro-style West Coast stuff. Weber State, a lot of pro-style West Coast zone-blocking type stuff. And Grizz fans have asked me, well, how do, you know, Weber State has an All-American running back, Josh Davis. They have multiple NFL offensive linemen. How do we, how did the Grizz shut down Weber State and just negate their run game completely and utterly eviscerated it? And then the week later, give up 350-plus yards rushing to the Cats. It's because of the nuance of the way that they block the scheme. The Cats run gap schemes, so you have a lot of pulling guards. You have a lot of waiting for the play to develop. Isaiah Afonso doesn't have that great a top-end speed. He's got exceptional vision. He can cut on a dime in the hole, and when he gets to the hole, if you meet him at the hole, he can explode through you and get extra yards at contact. Great power, low leverage, Everything, and then you talk about changing the pace, like last year with they what they did with Logan Jones. You never know if Jones is going to get the ball on the stretch or on the toss or on the counter, mm-hmm. and he's so much faster and quicker and smaller that you can't see him. But the whole thing that has killed Montana, and this is the whole irony of the situation, because people killed the Grizz coaching staff when they had Jason Seymour as the defensive coordinator running a not not necessarily the same in terms of pre-snap alignment or personnel, but similar in the aggressive mindset that the defense wanted to play with. Downhill, get a bunch of negative plays, keep the offense behind the sticks. The Grizz got killed for that scheme. Analysts, everybody's saying, you know, it's the famous third and 19, you're running all out blitz. Chris Murray scores a 60-yard touchdown, and the Cats are off and running in their 2017 win in Bozeman. That was the final nail in the coffin for Bob Stitt and his staff. Well, what's, what's the difference? Montana's whole defensive scheme is designed on the three linebackers, and I'm counting that like Hawk position that Bobby that Robbie Hawk plays as a, like the third linebacker. They run the alley, they fill the gap, they attack you at the point of attack, they try to get ahead of the sticks, all the same principles basically, which is ironic. But the number one deficiency of the defense is if you get out of your gap because there is no gap principles because the two inside guys – like Jace Lewis and Dante Olson played last year, they have to play multiple gaps. So then when you're running that delayed blocking scheme, all of a sudden, Dante Olson makes the correct read initially. Isaiah Fonse comes back, and then who's right there? An all-big sky guard, whether it's Lewis, Kidd, or Taylor, Tui, Asasopo, and the Cats got an 11-yard gain. So I don't know what, what Montana does. You don't want to adjust your entire defensive scheme for one matchup. You don't want to over-prioritize a rivalry game, but you're absolutely correct. In terms of the cat offense versus the Grizz defense, it is the worst matchup in the league for an otherwise stellar defensive scheme and a, a, a set of defensive players like the Grizz have. It's two tell new one. It's one two nine ESPN Radio. Quick break. The other side. Didn't miss some more things. It's because what's that's what we do. Hey, Saturday. By the way, maybe you know this. You wear this Halloween. Well, from two to four in the afternoon, the Silver Slipper. Welcoming everybody, especially the kids, for trunk or treat, right? Going to have candy for everybody outside, in the parking lot, okay? Cruise around, bring your costumes, hang out with the family over the Silver Slipper, okay? Right across from the country club there on Brooks. And, of course, with sports on tonight, game six of the World Series. You got the NFL going. You got college football going. Everything you need is at the Silver Slipper, 55 televisions for you to watch it all on, drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, pizza, nowhere else. You should be going to watch your favorite team than the Silver Slipper where it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their desire to have a good time. By the way, the card room is open again starting at 7 o'clock, nightly games, call 333-1500, 333-1500. For more information, visit MissoulaPoker.com. 
for all the information that you're going to need about that. And stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets. Again, across the street from Walmart on Brooks. Check them out on Facebook for their daily drink specials and up-to-the-minute information. Silver Slipper. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. As usual, we've gone long. We've run up against it. You tell me one is one of 290 SPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you. One final little thing, Coulter, because I was thinking about this. Because we we talked, we were talking about best matchups, worst matchups, Cats, Grizz, etc. For Montana, yep, the starkness of back-to-back weeks, Weber State, where they looked and played the best that I have seen them play in any individual game since Bobby Hawks return. Yep, by I mean bar none. Yep. And then the following week, which was one of the two worst games that I've seen them play, in in you know since, since Hauk returned, and to have it be those two games, a number three team in the nation, Weber State, and then you know in the the rivalry game, that stuff sticks out in people's minds so much more than it would if it was just two. If it was week four and five, you know your last. Your last non-conference game and your opening conference game, or something like that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is this: the matchup is 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 a terrible one. Eh, it's not a great one for Montana when they play Montana State, as it as it appears right now. When you talk about just what the two teams like to do when Montana State has the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I think the matchup the other direction was totally anomalous, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Well, it's totally anomalous because Dalton C was hurt and Sammy Kim was out. That's right. But though, my point is just simply this. Those two games, people want to go to, well, why could it happen here and not happen here? You know why? Because it's football, that's why. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it, it's every single week. If you lined up Weber State and Montana and watching Grizzly Stadium 10 times, never one other time would Montana roll Weber State the way they did. And it's, also, it's, it's, if you lined up the Cats and the Grizz in Bozeman Stadium 10 more times, never would Montana State roll Montana the way they did the next week. It's just what happens sometimes. It's just what happens sometimes. It's like Jay Hill said in the press conference. I know a lot of people were trying to say that the Weber State head coach was making excuses, but he said, hey, at the end of the day, these are kids, and kids either play well or they don't. When you got it rolling, you play well almost yeah. every time out. Weber State played pretty well to really well for three years in a row. Then they played poorly at Montana, and Montana also played really well, so you whip them. 
Yeah. You kill them. And it, is it is it is it surprising? Is it unexpected that you would have your one in ten best game the one week and one in ten worst game the next week? Yes. Like that it's but unlikely. So it's mu- one in a hundred, in fact, if you want to do the math on it. But at the end of the day, it ain't impossible. And in fact, it happened. Well, so much of it is environment, so much of it is momentum, so much of it is coaching, newness, all of this sort of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jay Hill had never brought in his team to Washington Grizzly Stadium as the defending Big Sky champions to play a Bobby Howe coach team. It never happened. Sure. You knew Coach Howe was going to have his team up for that. On the flip side of that coin, though, Bobby Howe has never played the Bobcats when they had a coach like Jeff Choate. In Bobcat Stadium. Bobby Houck would have beat Rob Ash until the day, until football ended, until the world was over. <laughs> Coach Houck would have never lost to Rob Ash because of the dynamic of the personalities of the coaches. It's true, though. Mike Kramer and Bobby Houck would have had a great back-and-forth rivalry because of the dynamic of their personalities. I think Jeff Choate and Bobby Houck will have a great rivalry as long as that lasts as well. But sometimes it just doesn't work like that. All this talk of football has got me starving. Oh, man, me too. And I'm if always starving. you want to have something... Maybe a little outside the box when you talk about like maybe a football weekend or something like that. How about a Tagliari sandwich? Yeah, buddy. Best deli in Montana, right? Gus has already been cheating. He already got it open. I was hungry. I was hungry. What did you want from me? It's Tagliari Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Coulter, what do we give the people on Tagliari Tuesday? Yeah, $25, two Tagliari deli. It's right there at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, right there in the little mall. They got a new thing going on right now, too. Wine Club, $45 a month. You get three bottles of wine. The sommelier there will mm. pick them out for you. So it could be great for you, but it also could be a great gift. Like if you're looking for a gift for yeah, your wife or girlfriend idea. or whatever, I mean, what's better than they get specialty picked wine for Look, you? There's not that many people who actually know about wine. This has been my experience. A lot of people drink it. Not a lot of people know about it. So let somebody who does know about it help you. You will okay? be satisfied, yeah. I promise. But right now, $25 to Larry Deli. Give us a call, 361-3688. The second caller, we got a $25 gift card to you. What sandwich you we got We got there? a Doobie Brothers. Ooh, boy. This is pretty standard. Just turkey, pesto, got some sun-dried tomatoes. But, man, Let me tell delish. you, there's nothing standard ever about it. Every Tuesday, give away a little something to you from Tagliari's Deli. 361-3688. Hour one of the books, hour two straight ahead. Bryce Carver, head coach of the Hamilton Bronx, next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 